0: drink beer, think beer. You're listening to Brew Bloods.
1: Prohibition makes you want to cry into your beer and denies you the beer to cry into. That from Don Marquis. What a bunch of BS. It is uh, total BS that era was. <laughs> Thankfully, at least right now, we're not experiencing prohibition. At least right now. At least in the alcohol realm. I mean, Although,
2: with our current attorney general and president, you never know what will happen.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure old uh, Colonel Sanders over there, the attorney general, uh, <laughs> if he had his way, he would ban just about everything uh, I possible. I think they both would. Yeah, I guess, I don't know about Trumpkin, but uh, but I think Sessions would. Well, Trump's not a drinker either, though. He's not a drinker, but I don't know that he's for banning everything. True.
2: He does have a wine, so he probably yeah. wants people to drink
1: that. Yeah, and he has a, there, he, I know once upon a time he had a Trump uh, vodka as well. Yeah, true. A very poorly rated Trump vodka. <laughs> I think much like every Trump product, it's poorly. Doesn't rated. matter if it's
2: rated high or not. He, if he has one, yeah. he wants it. He it's wants luxurious
1: it and tremendous vodka. Yeah, exactly. Tremendous. It will give you the most luxurious hangover. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay.
2: Have a Trump stick after. Okay,
1: it'll grab you by the pee. Okay. <laughs> what well, won't? Yeah, exactly. Welcome to episode uh, one zero nine of Brew Bloods. We are uh, ensconced firmly in Dustin's luxury podcasting pit. Yeah, we're in the middle living room here. Uh, The middle, keep Two living rooms. The middle living room. Look at that. Meaning he has more than one (laughs) living room, which middle living room implies (laughs) there's a third, and yes, there is a third living room.
2: Oh, there's really only two, and then... Uh, Sorry,
1: you have a study, and you have a dining room. The third one is a dining room. Do you also live in there? Yes, you do. I don't. I mean, we live everywhere. That is a third and fourth living room. You live
2: everywhere in your house, but not every room you live in is called a living room. Well, still, you, you recline in those rooms. You recline in chairs. Somehow, my 1993 furnace is still kicking out some cool AC. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. The, actually. This is the
1: coolest area of the house. Is it a Trump uh, AC unit too? <laughs> it is not. I'm surprised you don't have a you don't have every room filled with couches like this.
2: <laughs> well, I do have two, but that's this it. This is one of the biggest couches known to man. Two rooms mankind. full of couches? What
1: is known as a sectional, that very luxurious type of couch. The middle living room. And this was (laughs) hand-stitched by supermodel Cindy Crawford herself. (laughs) That is true. And many of the poorest children in the world.
2: For some reason, uh, Mark did not want us to go to his very luxurious, very cool
1: media room. So today we're broadcasting from my uh, middle living room. Well, I didn't want to get you sick. I know how apt you are to just you know walk Uh, into houses and start making out with people. And I don't know, just a firm... aren't we seeing your wife later today well yeah but i'm assuming you're not just gonna it's only when you walk into people's houses not okay okay so i tell you she can spread her seat around here yeah oh yeah you'll be fine you won't get sick by that fair enough no it's just i didn't know early today she wasn't feeling great and i wasn't sure how uh get off the sick yeah i wasn't sure how she'd feel later today so it's like let's just give her the option to come home and take a nap if she needs to okay we're both coming off the sick we'll we'll get um, off the sick now yeah this is not the sick cast, but uh, everybody will be thankful now. I'm slowly getting over a yeah. upper respiratory infection. That's what she had. Mark had,
2: you know, the butt stuff. He just yeah. didn't want to talk about it. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's a lower respiratory infection.
2: <laughs> just explosions left and right. Yes. Indeed. It's a good thing he has so many bathrooms at his house. So you said you had some topics to discuss. Well, my the one topic I wanted to discuss outside of the article that you've also read. Is I don't know what um, you're talking about. <laughs> Uh, it's, a, of it's a mind. trend in my own personal beer drinking life. Now I know you're not a big beer drinker guy. You're not a big beer fan, but <laughs> no, when <I'm> you, not <laughs> when you do have beer. This whole show is fake news. Uh, yeah, exactly. At least this half of the show, <laughs> right? So on the occasion you have beer, and you know we are in the middle of what you would call the hot, hot summer months. Oh, God, um, sweat dripping down <laughs> the balls. <laughs> exactly. Are you a koozie guy? Because, and let me start off by saying, before I never was. Like, prior to 2017, yeah. I had a couple of them, but I never barely used them. Like other people would use them, uh, we we gather them from going to events, stuff like that. I was like, screw koozies, man! I just pull my beer out and I'm good. Lately, been a koozie guy, and it does work quite well. Because it does keep your beer nice and cool, yeah. and uh, there's really no reason not to be a koozie guy. So I was kind of curious what your thoughts were.
1: I think I think there's a big dividing line in this world. There's koozie guys and not koozie guys, or yeah. g- or gals. Sure, let's make that gals. Koozies sure. are not gender specific.
2: No, no, gals can have a
1: koozie. That's fine. Uh, yeah. I mean, they may be pink, but <laughs> <laughs> they'll be very effeminate. But they'll <laughs> yeah, have it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not a koozie guy, and I think that goes back to growing up with an alcoholic redneck father. Um, was he a koozie guy? He was a koozie guy. Ah, okay. So he shoved every one of his Budweisers, be it winter or spring or summer or fall, uh, into a koozie. And so I just kind of always associated koozie technology with white trash. Oh, ah, okay. Fair and enough. And so I never employed koozie technology. However, I have bought into the Yeti craze. Yep. Now, some people may say, you're getting ripped off, buy an Arctic, buy one of the other Coleman brands, something like that. <laughs> of course. But I bought into the Yeti craze, and I got to say, the Yeti... As far as my tumbler goes, my 30 ounce tumbler works yeah. quite well, and they make a Yeti koozie. That's the tumbler it's you get It's a little right more high toned. Yeah, of course. So yeah, it's silver. And I have sconce. the poor man's ones. Yeah, I have of course. The one from Tups. You know, I have yeah, a couple of local ones. Yeah. You know, they're, they're very poor man. So I've considered. Uh, getting a Yeti koozie. That way I can bring up the class level just a bit. Chase, Drin- if you're
2: listening, Mark says your koozie right. is low
1: rent. It is, it is. Low quality. You need to get yourself a uh, Yeti koozie <laughs> branded with tups on it so I can drink with Pinky Up. Right. But uh, no, I've never been a koozie guy. Um, I, I mean, there's some, uh, some wacky koozies I've thought about getting before, like a Superman koozie or a Star Trek koozie, but uh, I've never bought them.
2: I think being in uh, Satan's A-hole during the summer that we are in the middle of Texas... Because mm-hmm. every day is, you know, 99 to 103. Today we're
1: enjoying a nice 104 day.
2: Although we're actually in a cool front that's going to bring it down to like 93
1: Ooh, next week. Ooh, um, <laughs> You're not going to need that koozie anymore.
2: <laughs> for August, actually, that's not Just, horrible. Just stick your beers outside <laughs> but, they'll cool themselves. you got to admit, for August, it's not horrible. No, it's not but, horrible. Still, today, 101, if, I, if we were recording outside, which I almost demanded, but Mark, Mark cried about it. He's like, please let us go inside. I said, okay. My sweat has we'll sweat. To the, we'll go to the I middle living room. I don't need to go outside. We don't need to pour buckets of sweat outside in 101 degree heat. We
1: don't need to go to your middle backyard.
2: We don't need the uh, task camp to melt as we're outside. <laughs> yeah. So let's go ahead and go inside. I appreciate your, uh, <laughs> appreciate your graciousness. But um, yeah, I I think if you actually experience the koozie in this in this heat, yeah, um, as you know, my redneck neighbor as well, who's a who's a friend of mine, right. and you know him well, uh, he kind of introduced me to the koozie, gave me a couple koozies when we were hanging out out there, and I was like, you know what, this is actually pretty good. Yeah. it actually keeps the stuff kind of cold for like you know more than five minutes if you're just in the glass bottle, uh, or the uh, metal can. So I would suggest if you are in a hot state like we are, you're in the devil's a hole of uh, hotness, you should go ahead throw a koozie on that thing because it will help you
1: out that's coming to you right out of 1973 exactly the latest technology in the beer fronts. <laughs> the koozie
2: not saying it's modern tech <laughs> but i'm saying you
1: should experience, you should use it if you're not uh maybe i'll become a koozie convert you we should. have a prime opportunity tomorrow night there you go uh when you're hearing this several nights ago when with the ufc <laughs> uh to experience the from some koozie technology
2: he will be at said neighbor's house so. i will he enjoying the comfort a of a koozie, some, yes. some
1: koozie comfort next to the pool.
2: Yes, you should experience the koozie that night.
1: With a yawn Reddick neighbor and apparently an entire yard full of other... there will be a lot of people. Koozie yes. enjoyers, I would guess. <laughs> a bunch of
2: kooziers, A bunch of koozies, yes, Yes. Yeah. A bunch of koozers. Absolutely.
0: So you
1: said <laughs> you had some more topics to discuss. Oh, that was the main one, but... A whole um, plethora of topics. Well, the other topic
2: was... Basically, something we've talked about a lot. Uh, NPR, you know, they always listen to Brew Bloods. They always listen to sure. Room. They say, What are these guys talking about? What's the deal? Let's go ahead and follow what they're doing. With let's let's yeah. pick up their topics. And today, apparently, uh, midday, which uh, today is July 28th, probably days, days before you're listening to this. Right. Uh, at least
1: minimum four days before. So for this show, it's hot off the presses.
2: Yeah. For this show, I mean, it's like cutting edge stuff. Yeah. But they go into the whole discussion of how many people out there. Actually, realize what major company is producing the beer that you're drinking, and I think this is a very interesting thing to go back to. Man, it, it's probably like at least seven, eight months ago we talked about this. The guy who sued about Blue Moon being a crap brewery, right? But then they found out it was a Coors brewery, and um, you know they ended up suing about that because Which they he lost the, wet, the lawsuit. And he should have really. Yeah. I mean, go 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 do a Wikipedia search, sure. go do a Google search. Who owns Blue Moon? Yeah. You'll know who it is. But basically, their point of this article today was the fact that uh, the the major craft beer producers have spent a bunch of money buying all these local local or craft beer names, not local necessarily. I mean Lagunitas and, Sculp, and you know Sculpin and these things, a Ballast Point. You know they're not local, mm. but Elysian, Tin Barrel, right? Exactly. So basically, these major mega breweries have spent a lot of money buying all these breweries up, and their kind of their question is how many of these crap uh, beer drinkers really know that these are all bought up by the macros? I feel like mostly I would know that but um, you 're not
1: your average bear either well i know i mean we you're smarter than the average beer bear
2: i mean yes we're we're podcasters that run a major major market uh, beer podcast about crap beer the So FW's we' use number
1: one beer podcast uh,
2: basically yeah we 're the number one if anybody asks about craft beer they come to sure. they come to us i mean that's that's where they go so do you think that's a problem mark that's kind of my question to you uh, do you think people are duped by that do you think the fact that they actually keep the craft beer names some people are like oh this is some kind of uh, oh look at look at this new craft beer that appeared in my local Tom Thumb and Kroger that's crazy how do they get in here i'm going to try that out or do you think everybody
1: knows ah oh, that's probably bought by ABN bev or something else i i think the general populace probably it really depends. It's hard to say, right? I mean, the guy is just looking to get drunk. He didn't give a crap, right? Right. He's just going to get smashed however he gets smashed. And chances are, if it's a person like that, he's probably going to go grab a six-pack of Zima or a Budweiser or something like that, maybe a, a Natty Light. Sure. Um, probably doesn't care. Now, the the people who are looking to get into craft, maybe they're dipping their toes into the craft waters, they pr- they may not know. I guess right. it's really hard to say. Like People like us, beer nerds, I think people that listen to this show... And people in this that participate in this nerdery, of course they know. They're more aware. They're going to seek out that information. See, one of the
2: things they quote it's in hard here is. To say, um, though.
1: But so But average Joe, yeah. Joe the plumber who's looking to pick up a new six pack or something or another around the corner, no, he's right. not going to know. He's probably not going to have any idea.
2: See, one of the things they quote he in here care. was. He may not care. Well, yeah, you're right. But they say, uh, well, we've talked to these guys. Obviously, they were a big promotion. Yeah. Probably, uh, I don't know seven, eight episodes ago, maybe longer ago, but Goose Island. Right. They make a mention here. It said you'll you'll find Goose Island on tap practically everywhere across the country and you'll say, I didn't know they were that popular. And they aren't. They, and- it's just a matter of the distributors pushing that brand. And yes, I, I think distributors are saying okay. Let's go back to the article that I sent you the other day. We posted on our, our Brewblood's Twitter and Facebook feeds If you guys haven't seen that, you should go look at it. But it's a mention of millennials not liking beer as much. Okay, that's the whole push of it. I don't know if I necessarily believe that millennials specifically don't like beer as much because of marijuana and other things. But I will say I don't think they like the majors as much. Mm -hmm. I know somebody uh, said neighbor we talked about before. He's, uh, He's a big marijuana guy, and he basically said if it was legal here, he would never pull these macro beards that he drinks all the time because he does that as a fill-in because he can't do the other. I do think Budweiser, Miller, all those are probably a bit in trouble as marijuana becomes more legal. Mm -hmm. I honestly don't think that craft beers that focus on the locals, maybe your bigger ones, maybe your founders, your Lagunitas, some of those might have a little issue, but I don't think the locals are going to have as much problem even after that because I think it's kind of a hand-in-hand kind of thing. Yeah, But, yeah, I... It's kind of sad that these distributors, to go back to the point of what what I was quoting, that they are pushing the craft beer labels that these mega companies have bought in order to appear that they're more local, they're more
1: crafty, they're well, not Budweiser. They're trying to stay away from that. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense on their front. They're trying to retain market share. You're right. They're trying to reacquire some of that market share that they lost, so it makes sense.
2: I get it makes sense, but it also is kind of shady. That's all I'm saying. Of course it's shady. I mean... Yeah.
1: Look, I don't I don't like it. I don't like the fact that these guys are being purchased left and right, but right. I mean we've said, I mean, I also don't blame somebody when somebody backs up several generations worth of income on your doorstep that you're gonna take that. I sure. mean you're not in the money in the business to lose money. Um, and conversely and Heiser Busch, they're in uh, they have a responsibility to make a profit for their shareholders yep. and they have to continually find ways, which is one of the downsides of the the shareholding market. The publicly traded market is—you have to continually push. You can't even just be even. Like if you're even, you're considered down. I mean, you take a loss, which is which is BS. So they have to continually find new ways to innovate, and I can't blame them for that either. Yeah, Uh, I get it. I don't look down on anybody for for turning away those macro beers, and I don't necessarily look down on anybody for trying a macro beer, uh, especially if it's somebody that's looking to. When I I say that. I don't look down. I mean, I don't look down at anybody who drinks any any beer. No, no, that me sounds neither. elitist. But I specifically, if somebody's looking to get in the dip their toes in the craft beer scene, just try something outside Coors and Bud Light or Budweiser. I don't blame them for trying something that looks interesting, and I don't care if they uh, know that that's made by a macro or not, because that might lead them to other. Right. Guys who are independent, true independents.
2: That's kind of my point too. I, mean, I don't they, know if I care about that. They can be gateways
1: as much as any other craft brewer.
2: If the macros actually keep the same formula and the same flavor, then ultimately I think it helps the brands, the individual craft brands. I don't like all the sellouts. I get what you're saying because yeah. if I own some some craft brewer uh, craft brewery and they were backing up the truck to me, I'd have a hard time saying no to yeah. that. So I get that. But at the same time, I kind of wish it would be more like we talked about a couple weeks ago with the, actually it was last week with the brewery that was selling to the people that worked for them and right. that, and that kind of thing, that would be kind of nice. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't see the I don't see the uh, I don't see the trend changing. I think I think people I'll, like money. Well, put it this way, you know, I think, it, I think it's, it's, it's s- hard to not. <laughs> I think <laughs> you know? it's
1: good. I think it's great if somebody, you know, Joe Sixpack, goes out and buys something that is not cores or bud even a core, even a goose island goose island 10 you know? barrel blue point ballast sorry blue yeah blue point ballast point whoever yeah because really what it what the great thing the great upside to that yeah you're lining the coffers of of macro right but conversely you're getting them to try something that is outside the normal flavor palettes and that's a that's only a good right. thing because if they find something they really like it's going to lead them to the small guys eventually I mean, in theory, right? I in mean, theory, yes. And that's that's more money, you know, in theory, in the pockets of the small guy.
2: And I guess one other question I have for you, because I have my own opinion on this too, I'll share. But it's it's not a part of this story, but it's a part of the one we shared on the uh, BrewBlood's accounts. Do you think that there really is a big trend of millennials, in particular, dishing beer just for liquor and wine and marijuana, and they're going to leave beer completely?
1: Uh, Well... It's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't hang it out I, with I won't say else. completely, but they're going to leave. I mean, could I see it? Sure. It's It's. I mean, by far
2: a third to them.
1: That's it what was, they say. The high end, is that the portfolio that Anheuser-Busch runs? The high end that it's like yeah. 10 Barrel and all that? They're the ones that put out that video that was against the Brewers Association that was saying, oh, we need to band together and fight against um, wine and liquor because they're the ones that are the real problem, not us. Right. So as they pointed, the Oak Highlands guys pointed out, the fact is, Macro is losing share, and I could see where millennials are looking to break away, and so they want to find, especially the hipster types, want to find their little independent spirit and try something new. So I would hope that craft beer is still growing. I don't know the actual numbers, um, but I, I could see yeah, it. Yeah, they didn't break it out in their article. But then again, we also know millennials, the few millennials we hang out with that drink things like Keystone Light and, <laughs> and Lone Star and PBR. True. So... I think they probably have their niche, it's just not Budweiser of Coors. It's probably it's probably something that was your granddad's beer that isn't as popular as it used to be in the sixties and seventies or something. That they're like, Oh, this is cool because it's retro. See, to me, I feel like in you know, this is I mean, I
2: guess technically by pure definition, you and I are on the tail end of millennial, but we're yeah. really not. We're really in the next generation we're really the generation before them. So, you know, we we can't directly relate to it, but from what i know and from millennials i know like you said i feel like and this isn't really a critique of them because it's it's just how it is i feel like millennials are very they haven't had to experience anything like a ww2 they haven't had to experience anything you know really harsh so it's it's more of a develop yourself from kind of a neutral ground type scenario which is not necessarily a bad thing it's kind of nice that we actually have a generation i mean you and i don't didn't have to do that either we're kind of in that same yeah. area but you know, it's kind of nice not to have to be like, What do you do just to live? This is more of how do I want to live, how do I want to interact with my fellow people, that kind of stuff. So I think there's like a lot there, there's a lot of figuring out how who they are and, and what they want to do. So I'm not really surprised that they would go into the craft beer, pop out of that, go into the craft cocktail, pop out of that, go back to the craft beer. Like yeah. to me, I feel like they're gonna go back and forth. I feel this is a temporary downshift. Because if you go back and look at articles, even in 2016, we're talking about like a year ago, Yeah. oh, craft breweries are getting, you know, buoyed by all of these millennials are coming in and they love it and they all want to go to their local uh, brew pub and if you make some kind of local craft beer, you're going to be a hit and all that kind of stuff. And now all of a sudden, like, oh, all beer sales are way down because millennials don't want that. I think it's just, a, it's just a trend and eventually it's going to come back around and I feel like that generation is very... Fickle, but not necessarily in a bad way. I think they're just yeah. trying – I think they're trying a lot of stuff. I think they'll probably come back.
1: I think it just depends. Like, I, as far as marijuana goes, I think what I've seen with a lot of people is you either like it or you don't. Sure. Uh, there's a lot of people that don't enjoy the marijuana high that enjoy, you know, getting uh, getting the buzz off of beer. And right. I think you're going to find a, a significant divider between those two groups. But there's also going to be a lot of crossover. Like, yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with a, a nice 40s and blunts party, you know? like Right. I could see people like one day – probably on a day-to-day basis, you're going to choose one or the other. You're probably not going to mix because that's just getting – you know. You want to get crazy. Um, I could see marijuana, as it becomes more legal, definitely taking a bite out of both markets. But I think you're probably going to see a bigger bite coming out of the macro beer market.
2: I think the macro beer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of my point too. I, I just don't think it's going to be all beer is going to take a hit when marijuana is legalized. Yeah. Wine and spirits aren't going to take any hit. I don't think that's true. I think people maybe there was a trend this last couple, this last quarter, yeah. people trended towards you know artisan, artisan type of uh, liquor and cocktails and yeah. wine, but. The buzz off of wine and cocktails is the same thing you get off of beer. So it's really kind of whatever, you, your, whatever yeah. your taste is.
1: And, and right or wrong.
2: And, and just mean, putting all millennials in, like, kind of this whole. They all do the same thing. It's kind of bs anyway. Oh, it is. Of course like, that's it is. the way the media seems to treat yeah. Like, all millennials are doing this or yeah. that or whatever. You can't like, say all. I mean, as much yeah. as I
1: like to make fun of millennials, I mean, you can't say they're all lazy. They're I all wishful. Make wish fun of them, yeah. They but, but, all feel like yeah. they should come out of college making 80000 a year. I mean, that's not true. Right. There, there are particular millennials I'm annoyed with that believe that. But, sure. Uh, but for the most part we're just ripping them you, just w- like w- any generation you can't it. cut them with yeah. bro- with broad strokes I don't know I mean the st- marijuana as much as it's becoming more widely accepted it still has a stigma to it and it's going especially here in the south it's going to continue to retain it's take that a stigma for a long time Yeah I would say a generation because I mean there are a lot of jobs where they're still going to screen you it may be legal but you're not allowed to smoke even marijuana because they're going to say it's an occupational hazard
2: my company is based in a state that just legalized everything and yeah. said it's perfectly fine. They sent out a big memo, yeah. hey, the state did it, but we're still not cool with this, so yeah. don't do it. You know, I mean, I think that's going to be kind of a common uh, common thing for at least, like you said, hmm. you say generation. I say at least, I'll probably put like a year limit on it. I'd probably say a like year? five years. No, oh, okay. I'm saying a year limit on oh, okay. it. Probably five, ten years. Oh, I, I you know, don't know. Probably a decade. Everything will be fine. You know, uh, maybe five years. It'll be. I, I would it'll say be maybe a, lot a decade. Calmer.
1: I would say generation. That's probably a yeah. little too long. But I mean, for it to become totally normalized, I think yeah. it could easily take a generation. Uh, ten years, probably at the soonest. Of I think thing. ten years.
2: Companies will be like, well, if it's legal there, it's fine. I think, yeah. that's,
1: I think that'll happen. It'll probably, I hope, what it comes down to with marijuana uh, is that it's more. It's, if you come to the job high or drunk, right, you're out. Well, that I mean, that's fine. If you,
2: don't know. you want to enforce that now. I do I mean, don't know. alcohol is legal everywhere. Yeah. You should enforce that. The only thing
1: that. I don't know is, you know, when it comes to drug testing, I've never been drug tested, so I don't know how it works. Yeah, me either. Like, can you can they test specifically for cannabinoids in your system? I'm assuming I'm they I'm sure can. they can, yeah. Versus, like, if you're doing, you know, some meth or whatever, high in oxy or whatever, although oxy is legal. Um, <laughs> but... Whether you're high on meth or heroin, like I'm assuming they can tell the difference what drug you're on. But uh,
2: even if oxy is legal, it's probably not legal, or it's probably not good for the company to come in high on it. Well, no, so, no, exactly. Yeah. I, yeah,
1: no, I'm just saying, like, could you could say that you're fired if you use any of those drugs? But if we detect cannabis, you could be fired for being high on the job, but not right. just for using recreationally. I would hope that's where we get to to realize that effect-wise, you shouldn't be driving whether you're uh, when you're under any influence. I mean. Sure. If you're under any significant influence, you shouldn't be driving, and you should be thrown. Your ass should be thrown in jail, and you should probably lose your license for at least a year, sure. um, based on that. And we should agree that that's all normal. Now, heroin and meth and speed and angel dust and PCP <laughs> and LSD and ecstasy, yeah, that's a different story. All the stuff Mark does, normal, right? Right. That's just my normal. You do it Thursday, responsibly. Though. My normal Thursday evening, yeah. You don't drive when you do it. Though. When I walk in the, the house, <laughs> I put on my slippers and <laughs> enjoy a an, uh, enjoy a nice Quaalude cocktail. Have everything you just listed. Yes. I Give myself poppers. <laughs> Then I finish it off with a dessert of uh, a <laughs> hillbilly heroin. Exactly. So, yeah, interesting times <laughs> it, uh, with all these acquisitions. It's going to be uh, interesting yes. next five years, especially as they acquire more. I agree. So today we're actually we're actually
2: covering a local brewery twice in a row. That's not normally what we do. We had a Twitter request. We had someone that mentioned it. The brewery actually discussed or uh, actually mentioned, "Hey, why don't you guys review this?" And uh, we said, you know what, we're going to go and pivot. We had a Euro beer on tap. We're going to go and do that later. We're going to go ahead and stick with the local one. And uh, this will be a Texas Ill Project beer after this.
0: Hey guys, Josh here just to let you know, to remind you, to get the word out, to put it in your brain that no matter when you're listening to this podcast Thursday is right around the corner. What's so significant about Thursday? Well, at Thursday at noon, you get to tune in and listen live to Liquid Lunch. Join myself and Catherine Contreras from She's Crafty Podcast as we join forces to bring you Texas's live midday craft beer show. It's the only one like it out there in the entire world. We're live. We take your calls at 713-678-0070. We have on the best guests in the craft beer world from the state of Texas and beyond, and it's just a fun time. You'll hear what you eat and what you drink. We'll get the latest in uh, news and craft beer goings-ons, promotions of all the latest happenings, and you can be a part of the show with us each and every Thursday at noon. Liquidlunchshow.com is where we're located. Also on our Facebook page and our YouTube channel, Streaming Live. Video and audio, your choice. Come join the party. Kick off the weekend, Thursday at noon. Liquidlunchshow.com. That's Liquid Lunch. We'll see you there. Hooray for beer. Hooray for beer.
2: Texas Ale Project. Yes, this is a brewery located very close to Petacolis. That's right. Who who we have interviewed
1: just a few times. Just a handful of times. Yeah,
2: exactly. They have a massive outdoor area. It's a massive brewery. That's what I heard. I've never been. But they're not uh, really well known. Now, do you have any experience with them, Mark? Because I have slight experience. Boy, not that I can recall. I was looking through Untapped and I haven't checked into any Texas Ale Project beers the one that you probably find if you go around dfw their signature beer is going to be their fire ant funeral that's going to be the one oh, okay yeah i've had fire ant yeah. and and that is a that is an amber ale which is not a normal style i go for but for an amber ale that's pretty damn good Is 50 foot jackrabbit there's also that is yes okay i've had that one as well that is their base ipa yes. all right so yeah i i don't have a lot of experience with them but from what i've seen it's it's not bad you know it, it it's pretty solid
1: yeah, I just don't I don't for whatever reason they there as many breweries as we have popping up here, the breweries are popping around here and we don't they have <laughs> unfortunately I just have not had that big it's a lot like grapevine back in the day or um Rabbit hole. I just don't sure. have, for whatever reason, those, you know, certain breweries, you just, not that I say they escape your notice, but you just kind of float over them sometimes. Sometimes, blah, blah, blah. like Four Corners. <laughs> I mean, we don't, you know, it's not like we go to Four Corners that often. They make some fun beers. No, um, I, I do grab them a decent
2: amount just because they're at Kroger. And grab that's by the right beer. Yeah.
1: Grab by the beer, yes.
2: <laughs> grab by the can. But um, yeah, Texas L Project, I would say they're probably, uh, I don't know what their distribution is versus Four Corners, but. I would I would like you to kind of put them in that same category of they're kind of always around so I don't think about them much. Yeah. Um and that's not that's not an
1: insult to their beers. I just I just don't grab them too much. Well, I think it's like, you know, we're both like anybody. You're I mean, I'm a creature of habit. I tend to pick up the same same yeah. beers, same breweries. I mean, it's the same thing, like, back in the day, why, you know, the macros ended up donama- don- they, uh Dominating is, you know, a number of people, uh, aside from them buying up the small guys back in the day and closing them down, people just went back to those over and over again. So. Mark had one beer today and didn't drink much in a while, no, so no, he's a little I've been cutting way back, so, you know, I'm already yeah. tipsy. I, I can't drive now. <laughs>
2: right. It's like you already had weed, cocaine, yeah. and
1: beer, so. And it doesn't help that I went through a uh, butt funnel with this, so. Well, that too, Yeah. 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 So, some of the top beers from
2: Texas Ale Project are the Fire Ant Funeral, like I mentioned. Uh, they get a 90 in style, and then on 25 reviews, they have the, uh, like you said, the Jackrabbit. Rabbit. Yeah. Uh, that actually gets, I'm sorry, not a 90 in style, the, the Fire Ant. It actually gets a 95 score, 90 in style. Uh, this one gets a, uh, about a 98 in, uh, as a score, and then a 59 in style, which is always weird to me. I mean, yeah. I, I get the I get the difference because maybe it's a good beer it doesn't fit in the style they made, but whatever. For an IPA, it seems like a wide style, whatever. Sure. So uh, next up is uh, Project Something Shady, uh, that gets about a 96 score and then a 77 in style. The next one is a uh, the Caucasian, which is an Imperial Stout. Isn't that a White Russian? Uh, that is a White Russian Imperial yeah. Stout, which is pretty unique actually. I, I need to try that. I never have. And that gets a uh, 94 score and then 12 in style, which is really low. But that's only on 10 reviews, so yeah. they didn't get a lot of reviews there.
1: And then last, of the Naked Truth.
2: Yeah, Naked Truth, excuse me. That's another IPA they did. Uh, they get, say, 93 uh, overall, and they don't have a style rating, only on eight reviews. They do not have a lot of reviews on Rape on, uh, Beer.
1: Yeah, uh, no surprise, though, because Rate Beer is more of an international uh, True. project or yeah. international, international sites. I know what you meant. Yes. Now, we, we're, today we're talking about the 100 Million Angels Singing.
2: Uh, oh,
1: It's our IPA. Yeah, it's yes. the Halo Singers. <laughs> and uh, one of our listeners, James, on Twitter, demanded he threw us up against a Twitter wall by the yes. throat, choked us out, and demanded that we would uh, take on this beer.
2: Any carbon-copied Texas Ale Project he did. in it. And they said, they also threw us up against yeah. the wall and said, yeah, yeah you guys right. need to do this.
1: Except they actually okay. showed up at our houses and threw us up against exactly, the wall. Exactly, yeah. Choked us out. Yeah. So we've been choked out twice this week. Well, they have a whole mafia, just like everybody else. Yeah, of course. Just, you know,
2: anytime you have a brewery, one of your sub-expenses is paying for a mafia
1: yeah. to go ahead and go after exactly. a reviewer. Exactly. So. And James Knight he says that this is one of his favorite beers of all time. Yes. So there's a lot of pressure on Texas Ale Project to live up to the <laughs> brew blood standards, because everybody knows we are... They're so high. We're like the top chef Tremendous of, standards. of beer. Yes. Yeah, you can't... I mean, it's really hard to get anywhere <laughs> close to a, a winning score on this show. Yeah, so the
2: 100 Million Angels Singing, this is a 9.2% ABV double IPA with an IBU of 100. So we're looking to be a little hoppy today. So the hops are popping. The description is harmonious within the realm of extremism. This double IPA is double dry hopped with copious amounts of some of our favorite American-grown hops, pine, resin, and citrus. So that all sounds delicious to me. Uh, The ratings for it are Beer Advocate gives it a 79 uh, rate beer is not too kind to it, giving it a fifty-four overall and fourteen in style. And then Untapped gives it a three point nine six uh, out of five on forty-two hundred unique reviews. Which is a pretty good score for Untapped. Yes, I agree. That's actually pretty high
1: for for Untapped. The Untapped and Rate beer are
2: very much opposed to each other.
1: Yeah, very much so. Yeah. All right. When we come back after we learn about the history of Texas Ale Project, we'll talk about the one hundred million angels singing.
2: Texas Ale Project was founded in 2014 by Cat Stevens and Brent Thompson, two Texas beer lovers. They're the first brewery to be built from the ground up in the city of Dallas since the late 1800s. Texas Ale Project is located on Riverfront Boulevard in the Design District of Dallas and features one of the roomiest tap rooms in the entire Metroplex. Texas Ale Project believes in multi-step mashing. They believe this technique combined with a selection of the highest quality ingredients, empowered them to create the best beer possible. Their key beers include Project 50-Foot Jackrabbit, an IPA, Project Something Shady, a porter, 100 Million Angels Singing, a double IPA, and their signature offering, Fire
1: Ant Funeral, a
2: 6% amber ale.
1: So the BJCP for a strong American ale double IPA. (laughs) Is that official categorization—it is strong yes. American ale, double IPA. Yes. righty. Then you see twenty-two A is double IPA. Very strange. Very yes. strange. The uh, overall impression of this is it should be an intensely hoppy, fairly strong pale ale without the rich, the big and rich, uh, complex <laughs> maltiness and residual sweetness and body of an American barley wine. Strongly hot, but clean, dry, and lacking harshness. Drinkability is an important characteristic. This should be not be a heavy sipping beer. Okay. Already, (laughs) seems a little generic. Really, it does. Uh, It's weird comparing it to a barley wine. Yeah, I agree. Very strong. So the aroma for this particular beer is that it should be prominent to intense. uh, A prominent to intense hop aroma that is showcasing American or New World hop characteristics: citral, floral, pine, resinous, spicy, tropical fruit, berry, melon, etc. Most versions are dry hopped and can have additional resinous or grassy aromas, though this is not required. Not absolutely. Not absolutely required. Now, with my partially clogged nose from a respiratory infection, I can still smell some wonderfully fruity floral notes in there.
2: There's some floral notes. There's some resinous notes. A um, little bit of pine. As someone who has a you know clear cavity of the nose, I would say there is a little bit of pine there. I don't really smell any tropical. Really? I mean, maybe a little bit, but well, I, I, tr- it's more and pine to me. Um, if you're talking about the dominant aroma...
1: Well, what I'm smelling, and this, you know, again, I'm working with one nostril tied behind my right. back here, but uh, I get like fresh pineapple out of like if you were to open up uh, a juiced can of pineapples, yeah, that first aroma that hits your nose, that's what it smells like. Like fresh pineapple, not the one that's been sitting out too long, yeah. which is a good thing. It's like a bright, crisp pineapple <laughs> flavor that's been sitting in saccharine juice. Right. Like the sugary, syrupy juice. <laughs> like that's what it kind of reminds me of. But I don't get a lot of pine, but I, I fully admit that. Again, I'm working debilitated here, so I might not be getting all the aromas. Yeah, I get a lot of pine and resin for sure. I'm just trying to avoid having snot drip down into my Texas Ale Project 100 mm, million singing If you drink it back needles. in, it's fine, though. Yeah, I mean, it's protein. Yeah, exactly. It comes from the body. I'm pretty sure that's how you cured uh, sicknesses, by ejecting, <laughs> a, ejecting mucus from your body and yes. re-ingesting it. Okay, so appearance. Appearance uh, should be, the color should range from golden to light orange copper. Most modern versions are fairly pale, good clarity, although unfiltered dry hop versions may be a bit hazy. Moderate sized persistent white to off-white head.
2: It is definitely hazy, it is definitely golden with a little bit of coppery as well in the direct light.
1: Yeah, it's uh, not as brightly golden as the golden ale we had last week for the Game of Thrones beer. No, it's not. But it is quite golden. It's golden. A little copper,
2: if you look in the direct
1: light, there's a little bit of copper to it. Yeah, there it, are shades of copper. It's mostly golden, yes. You have uh, four fully functioning bulbs in your <laughs> light in this uh, one of four mil- it's, uh, living rooms. This luxurious living room. We yes, say this at pit yes. of couches we're yes. in constant. But yeah, it is hazy. Uh, light carbonation. Uh, the, the white head is there. Yours poured with a giant head. Mine poured with a fairly tame head yeah. on it. But both retained. Yours is about uh, about an inch high. Yeah, it's Private still Private eye. Mine, yours, is, yeah. mine is probably about a centimeter high. True. But I think we poured ours slightly differently as well. So yours is receding a little uh, less quickly.
2: Yeah, that's a good point, yes.
1: You poured yours top down, didn't you? I did, yes. You son of a that's bitch. That's how you're supposed to do it. Depends on the beer. You did it sideways, didn't I you? I did how I wanted to do it. Okay, well, that's not right. I poured it. Look, I'm debilitated here. I poured <laughs> it how I wanted to pour it.
2: You are debilitated, that's true.
1: You had a debilitated... A debilitated. And we, should, we should talk about the can. The uh, All the Texas L Project cans, from what I've seen, are pretty... Pretty uniform. Uh, this similar, one yeah. is black, white, and yellow, with angels uh, highlighted in yellow, golden <laughs> color. Uh, yeah. And it has a guitar on the side with angel wings. Right, reminds me of that song "Calling All Angels," <laughs> which maybe you'll, get, you'll hum, a, hum a lyric for us. Uh, I can't. I Calling all angels. <laughs> well, prefer your filled, your
2: filled singing version of it. It's better. Right.
1: That's exactly exactly what I thought of as soon as I picked yeah. up these beers today. For some reason, stupid, <laughs> stupid train. It's let's train, isn't it?
2: You're my angel.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's go back to Aerosmith. <laughs> I don't know. This is for some reason reminded me more of train. And I don't mean that as an insult to Texas L Project, yeah. but uh,
2: but an insult to Aerosmith.
1: I, uh, no, not an insert to insult to Aerosmith <laughs> or, or an insert. insert. I mean, I was talking about train, the band. Isn't that yeah. calling all angels and then train? Uh, I don't know. It could be, yes. And that the, the drops of Jupiter. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. They do drops yeah, of Jupiter for yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I think they do the angels. angels song too.
2: I'll, I'll give it to yeah. them. Yeah. I'll say Sweet they do. Sweet,
1: Surpy, dumb ballads.
2: If we're wrong, hit us up on Instagram. Um, uh, brewbloods at Billboard.com. Hit us up on Peach if we're wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so flavor. Flavor and mouthfeel. Mouthfeel should be medium light to medium body with a smooth texture. Uh, medium to medium high carbonation. Stimulus no harsh hop-derived astringency. Uh, alcohol warming is acceptable. Flavor should be uh, The hot flavor should be prominent, strong, and complex. And should reflect the characteristics of modern American or New World hop varieties. Again, the citrus, floral, pine, resinous, spicy, tropical fruit, berry, melon, etc. High to absurdly high hop bitterness, <laughs> low to medium malt flavor, generally clean and grainy malty, dry to medium finish. Sounds good to me. Yeah,
2: although you can have caramel or toasty flavors as yes. well. All right. Well, let's mouthfeel uh, medium light to medium body with a smooth texture. That's
1: right. I already said yes. that about uh, thirty but I'm just seconds
2: ago. In I'm just interested in that, like a smooth texture. I, most double IPAs I don't I don't know if I would necessarily classify it that way, but okay.
1: I'll give it this. It's smooth. It's very velvety going down.
2: It's got a thick body to it to me. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It it's got a it's got a big old body. It's not I wouldn't say medium to small.
1: I would say pretty sizable. Say it's all about that base, maybe.
2: Yeah, I would, yes. I feel like uh, it's a it's a real banger in the mouth to quote Tobias, you know, like it's it fills the mouth.
1: It's it's fine. a it's a, a Megan trainer of beers, perhaps. <laughs> right. Perhaps it's in the Kardashian family of of beers. I, I don't feel like it's thin or medium. Maybe it's and an I, Adele
2: thin. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, it's it's like an Adele body. Hello, it's an Adele bodied beer. Yes. <laughs>
1: But, you know, Adele's got some catchy songs. And we songs. mean no offense. Cause again, Adele's got some catchy so, songs. Yeah, it's not an all insult All about to her. that bass. Very catchy song. Right. It's not an insult to her or the no, beer, no, actually. No, it's just, it's just a thick-bodied yes. beer. Yeah, that's it's not it's quite, just the fact. It's not quite chewy. No, it's like, not chewy.
2: Like, but, like but not might, medium, right? I mean, no. medium
1: feels thinner than this. No, no, it's definitely not thin. Yeah. This is no Kate Moss. No. This is no Kate Moss beer. This beers. is a mouth-filling beer. This is, yeah, it firmly fills the mouth.
2: Now it has a lot of the flavor profile I would expect from a beer uh, that's a double IPA. It has a lot of that, a lot of that pine kick. It's got a lot of that like, resiny
1: kick. It seems like a beer you, you're really going to enjoy, given that, yeah, it's, given the really you know, resiny notes. You know,
2: this is this is probably high acclaim. Um, maybe, maybe more than I mean, but maybe not. Um, is it what you think it is? It's kind of got a reminiscent tone to something like Pliny the Elder for me. Like, it's got a lot of that... I, I think that's pretty high praise. It's got a lot of... No, I know. But I'm saying, I don't know if that's an overpraise, because it does. Overpraise? It has, it has a lot of that resiny feel. It's got a lot of that piney feel. Um, it, it hangs around in the tongue a lot. And that's a lot of what Pliny the Elder does. I would do, agree. Do you recall the Pliny the Elder taste? Yes, because, I do. Do you agree it's got kind of that... I'm not saying it's necessarily as good as that, but it has that kind of similar flavor profile to it.
1: Yeah, it's definitely. I think it's a it's a bang on West Coast IPA style. Yeah, I think for you know a coworker who said that uh, whatever it was the uh, there has yet to be an IPA a good IPA made south of the like south whatever sea whatever something? parallel was that was yeah. south <laughs> of the Yakima Valley basically yeah which is just absolutely bonkers. My coworker um, I, needs to have his
2: head shoved in the toilet.
1: <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I agree. Um, I think this is a damn fine example of a West Coast IPA that can be made perfectly fine outside the Yakima Valley or outside, (laughs) you know, Northern California. Uh, I I think it's I love I love the mouthfeel. I think it's really smooth going down. And I think I think it is. I I don't mean I don't want to say absurdly hoppy. I'm using the BJCP term here. I think it's absurdly hoppy for the average drinker. Yes, but without being repulsive. If but if you like
2: Dippa's, I think it sure. fits the category. Sure, but I,
1: but I'm, yeah. what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, for, let's say let's take uh, Joe Sixpack who's just entered, thinking about by oh. himself a Lagunitas. He's looking. Joe Sixpack craft beer should IL. avoid this, I think. Well, you say that, but let's say he's uh, slowly he's maybe tried an he like it, and he's like, I want to try something uh, something a little more crazy. Okay.
2: You're talking about Joe Sixpack who has ventured out. I'm talking about yeah. Joe Sixpack who just buys Coors Light every week. Okay, if he buys this, he's going to be like, what the hell is that?
1: You're talking. You're, uh, so you're talking, about, you're talking about. You're uh, talking about Joe Mike's La Hard Lemonade. Yes, I'm talking about Joe Sixpack, who's already this is a, a transition
2: beer. That's all I'm saying. Oh no, no, it's not. I would not, not inter- a beer. like if it's, this is a guy that always drinks Bud. I wouldn't be like, try this, you know. But I can also see this being baby's first. Try the Hundred Million Angels Singing. You'll you'll love it. Yeah, right after no. drinking Budweiser. You no 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 because no. it's not a transition. I,
1: I think this is uh, baby's first double IPA. I think this yeah. could be fit into that category. I would recommend, if you have a newborn child, you should probably give, it to them, give them this immediately.
2: <laughs> now, see, I was kind of curious because we don't recommend that. Rate beer gave this such a low rating. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at the lower ratings, and I, th- I threw a couple in our uh, Google Docs document. Google Docs. And one of them was um, this, this guy named Kevinator uh, from the colony. And he says, not as bold as I'd hoped. Definite bitterness up front with earthy tones and a mild earthy and biscuit malt background. Color was copper with a moderate head and medium weight. So his only critique is not as bold as I hoped, and he gave it a 2.8. To me,
1: if you made it much bolder, it's going to really start wrecking the palate. Yeah. Like, I think this is as bold as you'd want. When it comes to dippas, there's a lot to be said for balance. Like, you want to be bold. You want to be bold and spicy, but without destroying somebody. There's a
2: reason why triples start to be more malty
1: Yeah, there's only so harsh
2: you can be. Exactly, exactly. Like, Dippers tend to be the harshest. This is probably in the harsher category, but
1: for me, that's not a problem. But I think it's, it's, it's rounded out well with some of those fruity malty flavors without being a heavy malt presence because the malty yeah. is pretty light. It's a pretty light touch overall. Do you think it finishes with a lot of sweetness? For me, it does, but, again, being yeah. slightly sick – I think I'm missing probably a lot of the piney stuff for whatever reason, but, I can, but, I, but that being said, I can taste a lot more of the fruity tropical stuff in that.
2: Okay, so you're sick, you're messed up, you're not your normal self, you're not, you're not, you're not podcasting at top-tier sure. level, but this guy here says that, and I'm not going to call him out, but you can go look him out on Rape Beer if you want to look at uh, the 100 Million Angels Singing, says, light on the hops. That, to me, sir, is a ridiculous review. That is not light on the hops in this beer.
1: I disagree. I can taste the hops, and I'm, I'm working with half a tongue here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You don't disagree with me. No, with I'm sorry. I disagree with him heavily, yeah. yes.
2: Yeah. Light on the hops? Light on the that's hops. That's a
1: ridiculous critique. It's absurd. If they
2: put a lot more hops in this, it would be ridiculous. It would be undrinkable. Yes, exactly. I mean,
1: there are those beers out there that's, you know, just speaking of ingredients, not necessarily hops, but undrinkable Beers. The Ghostface Killer it comes to mind. Well, yeah. The, uh, the ruin, hopped, ruin Tin, yeah. not the Ruin Tin, whatever the one, the Crime and Punishment from Stone, undrinkable.
2: Right, that's just so spicy. Again, not hot. Yeah,
1: spicy, yeah. but there are undrinkable beers out there just because they push the extremes of the ingredients, those just come to mind. Exactly. They push the extremes of the ingredients so much, it just becomes, it's more of like, hey, let's take on a challenge more than just enjoying a beer. Yes. I don't know how much further you could push this beer <laughs> and have it remain a really drinkable beer that's not for an advanced beer it's not going to wreck your palate yeah exactly because this is not an entry-level beer but i think it's a good dipper to not entry yeah to give somebody a taste of a dipper to try to they just curious if they're a curious george then give them this beer have them let them have a sip
2: i don't know really what you want to change about it if you wanted someone to have a nice west coast double ipa i think it hits everything i agree so let's go ahead and get to ratings mark ratings dustin me first, okay. So for me, I have had this beer before. It's been a while. I don't I didn't recall what I thought about it. I didn't recall disliking it. Right. But I didn't it didn't stand out to me to remember. So I haven't picked it up a bunch. This is a Lucky to Texas Ale project. At least in the DFW area, this is a commonly available beer. You can get it at Kroger, you can get it at uh, Central Market, you can get it at those kind of places. So you don't have to go to the liquor store to get it which is nice. If you're looking for a double IPA, you're looking for a really harsh, really hoppy, and I say harsh in a pleasant way because to me, I like that. If you want something that's really hoppy, going to hit your palate hard, and you like something that's going to be really, really in that West Coast IPA realm, I think you have a winner here. I, I like it quite a bit. Um, mostly I've been, exper- I've been exposed to Texas, uh, Texas Ale Projects uh, Fire Ant Funeral, that's not a
1: category I like as much, so... That's, a, that's I, an Amber it's a very poorly represented category yeah. across the beer spectrum in general.
2: Right, So, but I'm bringing it around to saying, I think that's tainted my view of Texas Ale Project, I sure. think well, that's going to be, you know, they do that Amber Ale, whatever, but yeah. they do a lot of other things, you know, looking at their, their whole catalog, and this is one of the better beers in their catalog, in my opinion, from the two or three I've had. I think I've had the 50-foot Jackrabbit like you have as well. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not Pliny the Elder because that's that's a pinnacle beer out there. Hard to match that. Sure. But if you like that one, I think you would like this one because it's it's similar. It hits a lot of the same kind of notes. Mm-hmm. It's got that really harsh West Coast IPA taste, which I love. It's got that really signature of flavor, which I love. So for me, local double IPAs, maybe the only one I'd put against it is Dream Crusher, perhaps. And Dream Crusher does not even hit the West Coast IPA flavor as well as this does. So, for me, amongst the local dippas, this is probably top top three. Uh, maybe even number one out of the locals because, wow. like I said, double IPAs that doesn't put mosaic in there, doesn't put other things, that, you know, doesn't put Velvet Hammer or any of these other ones that I like to the locals. This is, we're just talking double IPAs. This may be number one for me. Uh, so,. Being number one in a category that I love and being local and very easily available,
1: I'm gonna have to give this a five out of five. Ooh. pow pow, pow 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 pow. Yes. That's that is I mean, I don't want to say that's faint praise. That's that's praise on praise on praise there. That's that's uh it's straight up mega praise. Yeah, that's mega praise. That's like going to yes. a mega church with Benny Hinn. That's uh it's really, really good. Yeah. Wow, wow. Boom, 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 fireworks in the sky. Absolutely. Explosion in the sky, right? Here. <laughs> exactly. So I, again, admit that I'm uh, working with half a tongue here, so it's a little difficult. But uh, one thing's, one of the things I really enjoy, and I, I feel like um, I'm missing the piney notes, the citrusy, and not, not citrusy as much as the resiny notes right now. The resin, yeah. You're definitely missing. I'm, I'm missing that. I mean, it's not that I don't taste it, because I do. But what I'm noticing more when I drink it with my half a tongue here is more of the citrusy stuff so what i noticed when i first drink it again it smelled like fresh pineapple to me and uh on the back end it was definitely like i got more of the resiny stuff on the back end of my mouth it definitely filled the mouth on the back end um that's how you like it and that is how yeah i love to be my mouth loves to be filled (laughs) in the back end. on the back end i love my throat to be coated (laughs) and throat coat um well, I'm speaking of tea, of course, one of right. my favorite teas of all time. Of course, yeah. how do you think I have such a stellar golden voice? But Tears you're talking continually about tea, like consuming testosterone. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, what I know when I first noticed when I drank it was not uh, piney or resiny. What I noticed was actually cherries, uh, like a like a interesting. Yeah, like a light cherry flavor with with maltiness. No, when I say maltiness, not heavy breaded, like a like a little. Um, Little a little, a little, little uh, artisanal toast, little angel hair. Yeah, yeah, a little artisanal toast. No, let's go with angel hair because angel
2: hair or angel angel I don't hair really pasta. An singing here, so yeah, yeah. Let's go with the um, angel analogy.
1: But yeah, I know it actually has more of a ch- uh, cherry flavor to me, like a chicken cherry cola. No, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, okay, Fair screw enough. that song. Yeah, um, I get I missing the notes, Unfortunately, um, I wish I could experience the whole rainbow. Wish I could taste the rainbow of yeah. Lucky Charms, but I can't. I can only imagine what it tastes like it's if you so have all you, your senses. If you had your proper yeah, palate, I don't have that, but I am pleased with what I'm drinking. I think it's always, I think uh, to quote Admiral Akbar, it's a trap when someone says you need to try this beer, especially if it's if you have a beer podcast and one of your listeners says you need to drink this beer because you, f- you feel there's, I feel like there's some pressure. I was ready to torch it if it's you are, you are. I don't care. I, I'd say screw the listeners. I'd say, tell unlike, me something you, that sucks, unlike you, I it. feel responsibility to the listener. I like I our listeners. I don't. If they tell me I something don't. that sucks, I'll tell them. I know. You suck and your beer sucks. I like our listeners, and I want them to yeah. feel a fraternization with us. But fortunately, they didn't do that this time. Well, fortunately, yes. I mean, James threw you up against the wall, so did Texas L Project. <laughs> they tried to cut your throat, and yeah, they did. Well, the
2: brewery we threw us up against the yeah, wall this they time. Did, yeah. mean, yeah. They both did, yeah. Uh, In fairness, they both did.
1: But I'm very but pleased. I liked
2: it this time. I appreciate them throwing us against the wall.
1: I, I don't want to. Um, I like the spirit quite a bit. I'm not going to damn it at all. Yeah. It's hard for me to judge it. I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5, but only because I can't taste the full palate. But that's not a bad rating. It, no, it's not. It's not. But uh, I wish I could taste the entire thing. Yeah. I really like what I'm having right now. I think it's a great beer. From what I can taste, it seems like a damn fine representation of West Coast IPA. Oh, it is. When I'm fully out of the, uh, the bubble boy tent. <laughs> hopefully next week I will try it again and hopefully I'll enjoy the full uh, flavor palette.
2: It is awkward that we had to like run the mic cable inside yeah. the bubble and, and uh, like punctured part of the bubble. Yeah, and I was worried that you know I had to wear a mask to be. Oh, you came in a full hazmat yeah,
1: absolutely. And yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It was it was very scary. It was very scary. You almost got. Uh, I think he
2: tainted the whole house with his. Oh, of sickness.
1: course. I rubbed my butt all over this house. I well, service. you
2: did that, but that was
1: a separate thing. That I moved my, bowl, my bubble around with me. Infection. Yeah, I'm I'm going to give the the beer a 4.5 out of five. It's, it's still pretty good. It's really good. And that might be more on me than the beer. It's mostly I'm on just me. allowing for the fact that maybe there's flavors I can't taste. Well, it gives us a 4.75 out of 5. That's right. It gives so that's us great. A final rating of 4.75 out of 5. So a high rating. Which is high rating. I, I think I agree with you. It is better than the, the Deep Elm Dream Crusher. Yeah.
2: Which is a good beer, too. It is good. But I think, but this, I is think this is a yeah. step
1: above. Yeah. I think this is up there. I, I'm having a hard time conceptualizing you know, the top three IPAs right now. Um, True. Right now. But I know guys like,
2: though and DFW Metroplex outside of those two yeah I, don't, I mean
1: well Petacolus makes a couple of damn damn good uh, IPAs and <laughs> double uh, IPAs though wasn't that through inzilla wasn't it? Yeah, that's a single? Is that a single?
2: Yeah, I hmm. think most everything they do is single so that's well, what I'm saying me. I don't think a lot of I don't think a lot of people do double IPAs so. all right well screw me then uh, but yeah like, like I said if if you cannot get this will be high praise like I said if you can't get plenty the elder. Which is superior, yeah. but it's it. This is a very good substitute. Yes, it's very, very good. good substitute, and
1: way more readily available. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well,
2: thanks for listening, to
1: episode one zero nine of Brew Bloods. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. Thanks to James for recommending this beer. Thanks to Johnny B. Thanks to Texas Ale Project just for listening. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Johnny B. Just for listening <laughs> for being RP one. Right. Thanks sure to everybody who listens to the show. We really appreciate it. If you enjoy this show, you might enjoy our other occasional podcast called The Break Room. Probably won't. You can find it at breakroom.tv. TV. Yeah. It is uh, just FYI, considerably more NSFW and considerably stupider, and way, way more stupid <laughs> and way more scatological. And yes. uh, but it's out there. If you want to listen to it, it's called <laughs> The right. Break Room. Been running since 2006. Since we do it. We have to talk about it. Yes. That's right. Been running since 2006. We do it a couple times a month. Uh, if uh, we'd be so kind, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, aka old iTunes. We'd appreciate it. <laughs> Hopefully uh, iTunes gets a revamp here. They, they killed the iPod. Let's kill iTunes. Let's start over. If you have any feedback on the show, you can check us out on any social network. Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, oh. and or Twitter. No iTunes quotes. Okay. Fine. Fine, Mark. No, I Sorry, I don't have any this time. <laughs> uh, you can email us at brewbloodshow at, at gmail.com, or you can call us at 469-573-BEER. That's 469-573-2337. So for Dustin, I am Megan Trainer.
2: Uh, for, for Mark, I'm Mark. Dustin. I don't know what he's talking about, but probes.
1: All about that base probes.